Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Canton Church. We gather every week in Canton, Georgia to worship and grow together through God's Word. We exist because generations matter. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Come on. Man, I need to bring you to Denver. Come on. Some... <laughs> hey, we're, Hannah and I are so honored to be here. It is just uh, so great to hang out with your pastors. You guys are so, so blessed to have Pastor Jeremy and Corey. So um, I, I've been pastoring for, for a while in, in student ministry for 10 years and now uh, planted a church almost six years ago. And I just got to say, I, I'm around pastors quite a bit. And sometimes pastors, they go along and they get closed off and kind of more bitter. I just want to say, I see your pastors behind the scenes. I'm just telling you what, they are so uh, they live and love so open, and they are incredible people behind the scenes as they are on the platform. I'm telling you, I he wrote a book uh, for pastors, and I, I was listening to this, and I, I'm just trying to fight back tears. I mean, just an incredible, incredible couple, and uh, I, just seeing them behind the scenes, I'm telling you, you got some of the best. Come on, one more time. Come on. Come on. I feel like God's favor is, is on this church and everything that you've seen over the last six years is uh, really just setting you up for the season that you're entering. And so I'm excited about that. And this is my better half, Hannah. Will you, why don't you just stand to your feet real quick? This is my better half. She's, that's my boom shakalaka, my sweet sugar pop, sugar pop rocks the pop. That's my all that in a bag of chips, and she can preach me out of a job. So, ladies, if you were here on Friday night, it's going to be a step down. I'm just telling you, but she's 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 got the goods. Um, we met in high school, and I remember. Um, so we so there was a prayer meeting, and it was a national prayer day. It was called See You at the Pole, and uh, we would go around the flagpole, and we would pray, and I remember getting there, and uh, I, I got there, and we, we were holding hands around the circle. There's probably 30 of us, and the prayers were pretty boring prayers. You know, they'd go around and just pray, just real quiet teenager, you know, and then all of a sudden, it got to this girl that was literally, like, directly across from me, and she is... Um, she is praying. She's like, I pray the fire of God. I mean, she was going for it. And I remember looking down, and I, I looked up, and I was like, I need to get to know her. And so I hit on her at a prayer meeting. And, and so, um, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, just go up to her and be like, hey, babe, my name is Will, God's will. <laughs> or, or, or it could be like, Hey, 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 girl, I was uh, reading the Old Testament book of Numbers, and uh, I noticed your number wasn't in there. Can you write it down right here? <laughs> Guys, I'm just saying, you could try it. You could try it. It might work, but I, I tend to put my foot in my mouth a lot. You know, I'm a, a pastor, but I say some things that kind of get me in trouble with my wife sometimes. One, one time we were watching this show called The Biggest Loser, and it was, it's a show about losing weight, and uh, we would eat, like, ice cream and brownies and stuff while we would watch this show, and I don't, I don't, and anyways, um, I was trying to compliment her on, you know, that she's fit and, and trim and that kind of thing. And so I said, I said to her, with, with love in my heart, I said, babe, if you were on this show, you'd be the first one voted off. Which means you couldn't keep losing weight to stay on the show. That's what I meant to say. But what she heard was, you need to be on the show. So she's like, what would you say? 
And then um, another time, um, I was trying to compliment her. We were sit, we were watching like a TV or, or something like that, and she was on the floor over here, and um, we were watching TV. And I, I wanted to say I love you, but I was literally fitty, sitting there going, I want a, a creative way to say how beautiful she is. And so um, men, usually, you know, we kind of straight right here, and women, they have little curves. And so I wanted to compliment the curves. I'm praising the Lord for the curves. And, and so I just wanted to compliment her on the curves. And so with all sincerity in my heart, not even joking around, I looked at my wife and said, Hannah, you've got some birthing hips. Um, guys, just so you know, um, don't say that to your wife. I got some birthing hips. That, that, didn't, that didn't go over very well. But this is my family right here. We got three kids and um, this is our, our picture this year. Last year, we, we had a picture. It was freezing out. It was really cold. It was like 25 degrees. Now, keep an eye on that, that young kid over there. That's Graham, named after Billy Graham. But anyways, that's Graham, and uh, he's cold. So we had jackets on. We went out there, took the, and it looks pretty good. The picture looks good, right? Except we try to do one more picture outside and look at him. <laughs> this is what family pictures really look like. I mean, you see it all put together, but this is our family. It's Honor to be here. Hey, um, got to get in the message, but uh, it's been a lifelong dream of mine to go to Israel. Has anybody ever been to Israel here? If you've been to Israel, I mean, it's just so amazing. And I got the opportunity to go to Israel this summer. It's been a, truly a dream of mine to go there. And it was, it was amazing, just absolutely incredible going to Israel. And it was interesting. I, I got home, and I, I saw a pastor friend of mine post a picture on Instagram of his trip to Israel. And he posted this picture, and I, and I, and I didn't notice where that was from. You know, you go to all the tourist spots. I was like, well, well he just went to some place. I, I don't know what this is. And it was, he wrote, uh, it, was, it was from this place called Mount Nebu. Okay, and so, so I had to figure this out. Where is this? What, how come I didn't see this on my tour? What's going on? And so I looked it up. And uh, Mount Nebu is, is in the country of Jordan, which sounds like it's really far away, but you got to understand the Jordan River, um, which we got baptized in. We were there. It was amazing. And um, so we were in that, but just like this thing is, it's, the Jordan River, by the way, is, is no bigger than this, the width of this room right here. That's, that's the Jordan River. You think, oh my goodness, this is a big river. It's, it's just like this. And, and uh, so we were, we were like 15, 20 feet away from the country, Jordan. Right, and just up the hill was was this place called Mount Nebu, and 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 I had to study about this. Why did my why did a mentor of mine go to Mount Nebu? What's the big deal? So I studied it, and and what what I learned from this place totally gripped my heart. It rocked my world. So this is let me give you a little backstory. We're gonna dive into. I'm praying that God really stirs our heart this morning. But Moses. You know, the, the guy, the prince of Egypt, the, the let my people go, that guy, the ten plagues to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh finally lets him go, and Moses gets the, the people of Israel out of Egypt, and they, they find themselves in the wilderness, right? But they're he's the people are complaining, Moses makes a mistake, and they're not allowed to go into the promised land. And I've known this, right? But... Forty years later, we pick up the story, and this is where Mount Nebu comes into place right here. Deuteronomy 34, verse 1, it says, Then Moses went up to Mount Nebu from the plains of Moab, which is across from Jericho. Jericho is just down the hill. 
And the Lord showed them the whole land. Verse 4, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I said, I will give it, um, I will give it to your descendants, I have, um, I have now allowed you, listen to this, to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. So Moses, servant of the Lord, died there on the mount, the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. So I, I've known this story. Like, I knew the story. Moses, he was able to, you know, kind of see into the promised land. But when I was there, I, I, was, I was just down the hill from Mount Nebu. And, and um, this is a picture of Mount Nebu. you got to see this. So this is a picture um, of where Moses was standing looking into the promised land. Now, if you see the tree on the, on the left side, there's a body of water that you can hardly make out right here. But that's the Dead Sea. And we went swimming in the Dead Sea. Just north of that is the is the Jericho uh, the Jericho River, and then just on the other side side of that is is um, is Jericho. So Jordan River, all all that stuff. And on a clear day, you could actually see Jerusalem from this spot. And and when I was standing there, or when I saw this picture being just down the hill from this spot, it it, I, it just struck my heart because this is what I felt like the Lord was stirring in my heart is this is our promised land is not automatic. Our promised land is not automatic. And, and one thing I know is that, is that many times people can, can stand on the edge of what could be, but, but they stop. It's, it's like we get to the top of Mount Nebo and we can see who God wants us to be and what he wants us to walk into and step into, the type of marriage he wants us to have. The type, all, all those things, we can see it, but a lot of times we don't seize it. We can see it, but we don't seize it. And that's what Moses, he could see it. He could see Jericho. I mean, Jericho's just down the road. There's Jericho, there's Jordan River, there, there's the Dead Sea, Jerusalem on a clear day. He could see it, but he didn't seize it. And, and I feel like the heart of God for you is not just to see what could be, but to step into it. And I, I want to talk to you today about it's a new season. Because I feel like God is calling us, calling Canton Church, the people of Canton Church, into a, a new season. Not just wandering around in, in some of the things that you've, been, that you've been kind of trapped in internally. But God has a new season for you. Joshua chapter 1, it says this. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of uh, Nun, Moses' assistant. And said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan into the land I'm giving them. This whole idea to lead is really to initiate. you got to go first. got to initiate. So I want to give you three thoughts on stepping into your new season. Number one is, is, is you got to initiate change. We, we've got to initiate some change. Because, again, we could stand here and we can see it. I, I can see what God wants me to, to be and to become and to do and my family and the generation and, and all these things. I can see it. But God doesn't want you just to see it. He wants you to seize it. And if you're going to seize it, you've got to initiate it. You've got to start it. You've got to go first. You've got to take the lead. You've got you to step up. And so some of us need to initiate change maybe in some of this unresolved conflict in our marriage. We've got to initiate. We've got we to gotta go first. We've, we've got to initiate that conversation. Maybe it's financial stress, and you need to initiate taking a step towards a class of financial freedom. Maybe you're lonely in friendships, 
And you got to take a step. I think a lot of times what we can do is we can sit back and we can be really good at having an illusion of a lot of people around us, social media, in and out of church. But I think God wants some, some great friends in your world, some great people around you. And so you, you need to initiate that. Don't just sit back and say, well, when's somebody going to say hi to me? No, 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 friend. That's the wrong attitude. You, you need to initiate the change that God wants to see. But a lot of times what we can do is we can stay stuck in our stress. A couple years ago, Hannah and I walked through one of the toughest ministry seasons of our life. And we had a, a group of friends, some of our best friends, that, that allowed offenses to kind of get in their heart. And, and they, they pulled away from, from us. There was, a, there, was, there was a group of people. And I just want to say, the enemy wants to use offense to pull away the promises of God in your life. And so, so I'm a pastor from another church here, but I just want to speak to you. I want to encourage you. If you find yourself with offense in your heart towards friends, towards family members, it's unbelievable. I've seen family members allow offenses to rot at their heart for years. And, and they turn into where, here, here's what I just want to say to you. If you find offense in your heart towards a pastor, a leader, a family member, I just want to tell you, friends, let, let's, let's root that out. You, you may see a lot, you can clap, that's good. You, you, a lot of times what we do is, is we try to, you know, stay justified in why we've been hurt. It's okay to stay here like this. You may have been hurt. Somebody may have wronged you. But I just want, I just want you to know it's not God's will for you to stay bitter and closed up. So we got to get over some of these things. We gotta, but the thing is we've got to initiate some of, the, some of these things. And so what was happening is, is some of the stress that was going on in my world, in the church world, was causing me to miss it at home. And Hannah said something to me a year into this. This is about a year ago. And she said something that rocked my world. She said, Jacob, you're not as fun as you used to be. And I just, I just want you to know, like, for different ladies, different things are important. But my wife, fun and enjoying life is a big deal. I've, we've been married 15 years. We've talked about this a lot. Joy and having fun, she's told me a thousand times is a big deal to her. And so when she said that, it was a major indictment to me. A lot of times I would allow the stress that I was going through to affect what was going on at home, my relationship with the kids. You know, sometimes when you're going through heavy seasons, the kids can be a distraction at best, right? And, and, and so what we do is we, we, we're allowing this, this internal world to cause us to miss it. And I, I could have got mad. I wanted to get mad. I wanted to get mad. I mean, there was a part of me that was about to rise up. Guys, you know what I'm talking about? Like, there was, there was a part of me that was rising up, and I was about to, like, just, like, let her have it. But then there was another side of me that said, but she's right, though. But she's She's right. She was speaking to a symptom, but I knew if I was going to bring some life back into my marriage, I was going to have to go first. I, I was going to have to initiate. Now, that's what, that's what God's saying to Joshua. Hey, Joshua, y'all been wandering around this thing for a long time. You've been caught in, in some, some, some issues for a little while. It, it's time to initiate a new season. You, you got to start something. And so I made a choice to initiate, not to fight those I love, but to fight for those I love. And so practically, I, I, started, I set up a date night. Every, so I automated a date night every week. So a lot of times, like, I, I can't, we don't have sitters. I, I don't know if we're going to do it. we got to find a sitter. I asked somebody if they would babysit every week. 
and I got them to say yes. I don't know how they did this, but they said yes. And I automated a date night. We were we were going on dates now consistently, and she was like, "Man, we need to go to counseling." But there's a part of me that you know, you know, I, I you know, I love, I love like. I'm like a man's man, just like just like you. And so there's there's part of me that's like, I don't I don't need counseling. But when she said that, I said, I need to take this seriously. And so um I began to chase my internal freedom. But I initiated that. And I'm just telling you, you can stay stuck and you can stay bound, or you can initiate your freedom and, and you can initiate your miracle. You can initiate, and so I just want to say, stop justifying why you deserve to be. To, to be her and start initiating change. We, 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 we've we've got we've to do this. This is, this is big. Don't wait for perfect to initiate. So um, the first time that uh, I was, this is embarrassing. I'm actually embarrassed to say this. Um, the first time that uh, I was going to try to kiss Hannah, um, I'm going to tell you about that story. So um, it was it was like uh, Valentine's Day, and um, I asked my cousin, "What do you get your girlfriend for Valentine's Day?" She said, and, and he said he was older than me. He was cool. He says, "You need to get her gold." And I was like, "Gold? Okay, cool. Like like what?" He's like, "You need to get her a gold chain." Okay, I'll get a gold chain. So I got her a gold chain, and um, so it was Valentine's Day, and, and so we're, we're hanging out. And, I, you know, on the movies, it's, it's amazing. Like, there's the perfect mo- moment. The sun is setting. It's like the mountains behind them. They're on some boat. I don't know what they're. So I missed all those moments all day long. But it was the end of the night, and I, I had to seize my opportunity. But there really wasn't an opportunity. We were in the, like, entryway of her house. People were around us, and we found ourselves in this hallway just, like, I mean, it would just be like right here to that to that keyboard. Here's the entryway. We're in a little hallway by the bathroom, and I was like, "Now's the time." I bought her a gold chain. I gotta kiss her. I'm like 18 years old. I gotta gotta get, I gotta kiss her. We gotta go for this. And so, um, it was not a magical moment. She was not lingering, staring at me. It was none of those things. She was like doing something else, and I just leaned in. I just like I just started leaning in, and she was like, she was like, "What?" And I just kept leaning. And if you keep leaning, your lips are going to meet. And so I just kept leaning, and it was so awkward. And I, I was just, it was, it was one of the most awkward experiences of my life. But I, that was our first kiss, and it was like I set the bar really low so it could only get better from there. I'm just saying. But, friends, don't wait for the perfect situation to initiate the change. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 11 says, those who wait for perfect weather um, will never plant seeds. Those who look at every cloud will never harvest crop. And you can say, well, is it time now? Is, it, is now the time? Is this the time to initiate? Should I, should I start that conversation? Should I? If, if we just keep asking that question, we're never going to make the change in our world. And so I just believe now's the time to initiate, friends. Let's not wait any longer. We've been walking around for a long time. Now is the time. So let's keep going. So Joshua 1, verse 6, God starts to speak to Joshua's internal life. And in verse 6, it says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning to either the right or the left. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. This is all internal work. Study the book of instruction carefully. Meditate on it day and night. You'll be sure uh, to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. 
For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's all this internal stuff. And I want to say, if if we're going to step into a new season, we have to align with our divine assignment. And friends, I just want you to know you have a divine assignment. You do. You have a divine assignment to love God and to love people, to be all that God has called you to be, to forgive and find freedom in your own world, to make a difference, to serve, to give, to contribute. Listen, Jesus didn't die on the cross and save us so we could sit. He's called us for a divine assignment, but there there must be internal alignment with our divine assignment. It's like you can have a beautiful car on the outside, but if the inside isn't hooked up right, you're not going to go very far, right? It can look good on the outside, but there's this internal world that must be set up right. What's interesting is what can happen is, is, is if the internal world isn't set up right, then when we hit obstacles in life, eventually We'll, we'll begin to give up. Like we can see it. We can be like, I see the man that God wants me to be. I can see who he's called me to be. And so you try to start operating in that world. But if you don't deal with some of this internal stuff after it takes a little while, maybe there's not breakthrough right away, you can start to pull away. And God wants to deal with this. So there's some obstacles to this internal alignment Joshua had to deal with. One is, is he had to get the, the past out of his future. And friends, I just want you to know, God wants to get your past out of your future. They had walked around for 40 years, and there's all this self-doubt. And if you're going to get out of the desert, you have to get the desert out of you. This is big. So you got to get the past out of your future. The next thing is circumstantial trust that God was dealing with Joshua. It's, it's really easy to trust God when things are going well, right? I mean, we, we, can, we can trust God, and we can be all in, and we can... We can uh, be, we, we can worship, and we can say all the right things. But what God was saying to Joshua was be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions. He was trying to get, he was trying to get Joshua to hook and trust in God, not based on circumstances. Whether the circumstances changed or not, God was trying to fix his internal world to just focus fully on him. And one thing I've learned in my life is when my trust in God goes up, my anxiety goes down. I mean, th- that's exactly what happens. When, I, when, I trust, when I'm trusting in the Lord with whatever I'm going through, it, it's, it's like the stress goes down. I can sleep better at night. I, I, can, I, mean, I can get up and I can worry. I can try to control things. I don't know. If, is that just me? I mean, does anybody else deal with stuff like this? But you try to control some things. And I feel like when we, when we do it that way, I mean, our anxiety level goes up. But God is looking for us to trust him, not just circumstantially, but all in. Another thing that, that God was talking to Joshua about was discouragement and fear. As soon as they crossed the Jordan, it, it really means war with Jericho. I mean, you got to understand, it's just a Jordan River, and, and Jericho's just, oh man, it's just, when you're there, it's, just, it's crazy how close things are. But the Jordan River, and there's just Jericho just down the road. It's, it's not over the mountain range and way over there, it's just right there. It's just right there. And so, so this, is, this is a big deal. There's going to be some fear that he was going to have to face and some discouragement. We've gone through discouragement in our world. I remember there was a time at Thrive where um, we launched Thrive, and seven months later, we wanted to be at 200 people. We were going to do this event called At the Movies, and, and we came up 15 people short. Fif- only 15 people short. I was so discouraged. You know, sometimes our discouragement isn't even rational. I mean, why should I worry that 
15 people weren't, I was 15 people from what I wanted to be, but I was so discouraged, and I was so disappointed, and I found myself just, just disappointed. Have you guys ever been there? Like, you've been holding out hope for something, it didn't come through, and that was me, and, and I remember in that, in that season of discouragement, the Lord spoke to me and said, Jacob, great faith is your responsibility, the fulfilled promise is mine. Because I kept trying to control the outcome when God was like, that's not even your business. You, you need to focus on great faith, and I'll take care of the outcome. But that's that internal work. There has to be internal alignment with your divine assignment. So God spoke to Joshua. He's talking about take the lead, and you got to initiate. He's talking about this internal alignment. In verse 10, it says this. Then Joshua um, commanded the officers of Israel... Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River, take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. This is amazing. Again, like I said, as soon as they cross the Jordan River, they're going to be at war with Jericho. So the third idea to, to step into your new season is you've got to step into the obstacle. You've got to step into the obstacle that you're facing. He says, we've been waiting for 40 years. Get ready in three days. We've been waiting a long time. It's interesting, 40 years earlier, Moses sent 12 men from Israel to go check out Jericho. And it was Joshua and Caleb that said, you know what, we can do this. God's on our side. They're big, yeah, but God's on our side. We can do this. But 10 people gave a bad report. And because the majority gave a bad report, they began to spread that bad report through the camp. And Joshua was like, that's not happening again. I'm going to spread a good report. And in verse 11, it says this, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready in three days. In three days, God's going to do this. So here's what I want to say to you is you got to declare the promises of God in your life. You need to declare because I think there's a, a part of us that can kind of see that, 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 that ten, those ten spies that saw, yeah, but it's, we're up against this, our marriage. I don't know if it's going to turn around, our, our situation, that offense, that financial situation. And we can, we can go that way, but what if we started to see things the way that God wants us to see them? God has a whole new way for us to see things. So we moved from Michigan. We were youth pastors, and uh, we, were, we were youth pastors in Michigan. And, uh, and then we planted this church in Colorado. I just want to tell you, the housing market in Colorado is way different than Michigan. And I'm sure that you, you picked that up. I mean, we grew up in like uh, an hour from Detroit, which has really been in decline since the, the 60s, okay? So that's where we grew up. And, and um, so, so we, we get to Colorado, and I'm, I'm crushing a youth pastor salary from Michigan in Denver, Okay, and so, so we're going through some financial, you know, it's, it's a little tough. You plant a church, you like, you like it's, it's crazy. It's all in. And so we started this thing, and we felt some, some financial pressure. And I, I, remember, I remember thinking, one of the things, too, is if we were able to get a home right when we moved there, I mean, the value of the house skyrocketed even in the little time that we were there. And, and so I'm like, I, I remember, like, laying awake at night, just stressed out. Every day that went by that we were renting a house, I was getting more and more stressed out. Have you guys been there before? I mean, maybe, maybe there's some financial pressure in your world, but we were stressed out. I was, I, I, and, and finally I, I told Hannah, she's like, well, man, what's going on? And I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I'm, I'm, I want to get in the house, babe. And so she began to pray about it. 
And uh, shortly after that, she started packing the bags. Like, she started putting our stuff in boxes. I'm like, girl, you know we don't have the money for a down payment. And she's like, I'm packing the boxes. So she, st- she started packing the boxes. Now she's packing boxes, and, and uh, she's just starting to put, you know, put stuff, the stuff in. And um, now she's on Redfin and, like, uh, what are some of those other ones? Zillow and just whatever they are. And then now we're going through houses. I'm like, I, di- I didn't want to, like, crush her heart. Because, so I go to these things. She's like, okay, we got an appointment. I'm like, that, that's cool, babe. But are, are you, have you lost your mind? You, do, you, do you know what, what's going on here? And, um. But she packed the bags. She, uh, she's, she's checking out houses. And um, I just want you to know, we had, an, uh, we had a miracle come through, and we're now in a house. We, we bought a house. Uh, God came through. But I want you to know, it was, it was when Hannah started declaring the promises and saying we're going to get in the house i'm gonna get i'm gonna get on the god side of this equation when i looked at it the math didn't line up i couldn't even figure out how it was going to happen but she just started putting her faith in the right place maybe some of you need to start packing your bags in a certain situation of your world meaning get get on the god side of this you got to see this this is unbelievable the sermon this this idea this 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 thing that is happening here only gets better. Watch this. So Joshua chapter 3 verse 14. So the people left the camp to cross the Jordan River and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Watch this. It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing in its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water at that point began to back up a great distance until the riverbed was dry then all the people crossed near the town of Jericho I just want you to know as soon as the priests put their foot in the water they listen listen they put their foot in the obstacle there, there was the Jordan River as soon as they put their foot there it's war as soon as they put their foot there it is uncertainty as soon as they put their foot there I'm not sure what's going to happen they put their foot in the obstacle and I just need to know Canton Church is there somebody here who needs to put their foot in the obstacle that they're facing today because it's when we put our foot our faith our trust in the water it's when we see the waters expand wouldn't it be nice if they just were on the top of Mount Nebu and God just parted the waters wouldn't that be cool? That's not how it happened. Usually that's not how God works either. It's when you get all the way down to the banks of the Jordan and you say, okay, God, when are you going to move? And God says, when are you going to put your foot in the water, in the obstacle, in the situation, in the restoration, in what he wants, in, in what he wants for your life? The best part of this story, so God, God moves the waters part they walk through and Joshua says hey there's 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 12 there's 12 men 12 stones and we're going to build two memorials and watch this in verse 21 then Joshua said to the Israelites in the future your children will ask what do these stones mean then you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground for the Lord your God dried up the riverbed before your eyes and he kept it until you were all across. I want you to know that not only does God want to 
part the waters. He wants to flip that situation. He wants to come and meet your need. He wants to speak to you. He wants a, a divine reversal in some of those broken relationships. He wants to do the miracle. But I just want you to know it's not even just for you. It's for the generations to come. And your kids are going to say, hey, mom, dad, why, why is it that we go to church? And you're going to be like, you know what? There was a time that we were in Egypt. And there was a time that our family didn't look like this. And future generations will tell the story of the freedom and the breakthrough that is coming to your life right now. That freedom internally, trusting God with everything, not holding parts of your heart, but giving it all to him. I believe that God wants to do some incredible things in your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe there's somebody here and you you would say, if you were honest, that you're not right with God. I just want you to know that there is no shame in this room. God loves you so much and cares for you so much that he's, he's hoping, desperately hoping that today will be the day that you make a decision to get right with him. And if you're in this room and, and you just want to be honest here in church, and I need to get right with God today, if that's you, just will you just raise your hand right now? That's me today. Right with God today. That's awesome. 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 The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that, to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And so, friends, would, would you all repeat this prayer after me? But don't pray it to me. I can't do anything for you. Just, just pray this prayer to God right now. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. From this moment on, I choose you. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again to forgive me of my sins. And I want to live for you all the days of my life. Amen. With your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, I just want to know, maybe, maybe as I've been talking and maybe God's been stirring in your heart, that it's time for a new season, to take hold of a new season. Maybe God's gripped your heart with this idea that you, that you need to initiate change. You've been, you've been kind of waiting for somebody else, but you just feel God's prompting you to initiate the change. This internal alignment to step into your obstacle. If you just feel like you just want to believe God for a new season, I just want you to raise your hand right now. It's a new season. You just feel like one of these points are prompt. God is, God is speaking to you that you need to step into some of these areas. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just look to you right now. God, you are the miracle provider. God, you can split the sea. And so, God, we put our hope in you today. And God, we just, we just put our eyes, we set our affection on you today. And God, I thank you that you are initiating a change on the inside of us. God, I thank you that there's internal alignment even right now. God, that maybe we've looked to the, the right or to the left, but you're calling us just to look to you. And so God, we get our eyes and attention just solely focused on you today. And God, we just say we're gonna be courageous 
those obstacles, those issues, those relational issues, those financial issues. God, we're going to put our foot right in the midst of the obstacle, and we're going to see you do the miracle, God. We're going to be obedient to you. God, may we not be a faithless group of people, but may we just go all in with our trust with you, and may we just step forward put our foot in the situation and watch you. I pray that there's just miracles and breakthroughs that are happening even right now as decisions are being made for you. So God, we love you, we honor you, and we fully give our hearts to you in Jesus' name. Thank you again for listening. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash cantonchurchga. 